Welcome to episode 10 of the Untethered podcast. Today, we are continuing our conversation with Leah Mason Virgin, RN, IBCLC, FCN, from our last recording. So if you did not listen to the last podcast, be sure to go back and listen to that episode nine before you continue with episode 10 so that you have the first half of the conversation and then you'll know where we are so you don't join us mid-conversation today. Leah is a passionate advanced practicing lactation consultant and she's got extensive experience experience working in private practice and hospitals, providing breastfeeding care over the full spectrum of lactation for the mother and the infant as it relates to neonatal oral restriction and other maladies. Her goal is to further breastfeeding success for all mothers and babies, increase breastfeeding knowledge among healthcare workers, and add to the lactation body of knowledge. Let's jump in where we left off. Quick disclaimer, all information, content, and material of this podcast are the opinions of the speakers and is for the informational purpose only and not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Welcome to the Untethered Podcast. I am your host, Hallie Balkin. I'm a certified orofacial myologist, feeding specialist, and mentor. This podcast is all about getting your questions answered and collaborating with colleagues to bring you the most up-to-date information in the orofacial myofunctional therapy, tethered oral tissue, and airway space. I challenge you to keep an open mind and join my mission to get this information out to the masses. Let's get started. Come on, go and think about uh, tongue tie and restricted tongue function. Why are you assessing this baby with feeding issues? Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't, don't assess them. Don't charge them. And now this mom who's gotten four different, you know, information from a pediatrician that doesn't know anything, information from a hospital lactation consultant that doesn't know anything, or has a gag order. Let's talk about oh, that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. That is unethical. It is unethical. And this I'm sorry. why I left the school system. I was there for three years under, under my three-year contract. And as soon as that contract was up, because I didn't want to pay them back for my grad school tuition, if I left early I was like bye-bye like feeding is within my scope and if you tell me I can't do it but these kids need that and this kid can't eat to make it through a school day you don't think that's impacting his academic performance like I was like I'm out of here I'm going somewhere where they allow me to do because I had gag orders even in public school and I know that it's a it's definitely a thing with tongue tie in the hospitals holy cow and that's that's unethical and I'm sorry yeah. somebody needs to sue the pants off that hospital because that's unethical if you have a lactation consultant and in the pediatrician and whoever put that gag order they they actually that is unethical I will not practice I refuse to practice if I know what is inhibiting mm-hmm. the function of yep. this baby to get nutrition and for the mother to have breastfeeding success mm-hmm. that is why I say we are failing yeah. the healthcare community mm-hmm. as a whole is failing moms we keep telling these moms breast is best breast is best mm-hmm. you need to breastfeed for a minimum of six months exclusively also while you work 40 hours a week and raise your toddlers please please do that and then we fail these moms how is that okay it's not it's unethical and so to me there is should be no hospital yet there are more hospitals than I can count that tell the lactation consultant you can't go in the mouth you can't tell these moms that the baby potentially has a tongue tie and has restricted tongue function because that's the pediatrician's job no it isn't I'm the feeding specialist. I'm the infant feeding specialist because I am the breastfeeding specialist, and that is my job. 
That is but my you're job. also trained and you know what you're doing. So yes, this is that. true. This is true. This is true. But it, and see, and that and that comes right back down to training. It comes right back down to you know moms who don't know. They go show up at La Leche League meetings. I'm also I've been a leader for a very very long time now, but I actually don't. Uh, I'm not affiliated with a group currently. Um, but I still have my LLL and they go in there and they say, I need you as the La Leche League leader to tell me if my baby has a tongue tie. Mm. And I'm like, well, first off, that's like okay. dancing on a Facebook group. Yeah, exactly. First <laughs> off, a picture and tell them, give me a diagnosis. That's not how it works people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a leader should not be, you should not be going to a leader because a, you're not paying them. They're free. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what their other credentials are. And so when I'm practicing as a, when I'm sitting there in a literally meeting, I'm not going to assess in your mouth because that is a complete, completely separate assessment and consultation that should be taken with care. Mm-hmm. And so it's really only in breastfeeding that we do these very strange things. You don't go to an attorney and go, um, by the way, can you just read this contract real quick uh, <laughs> right here? Don't right, charge me. <laughs> right here. Don't charge me. And oh, by the way, you need to do it in the next 10 minutes while you run a meeting. That's right. not how this works. Yeah. yeah. And, that's a good comparison. That's very true. You know, but the, but the ladies' moms don't understand. They don't understand. Because well, and the issue is that people are doing it. So then we're just reinforcing it. And then that's, you know, if you're feeding the beast, you're basically saying this is okay by doing that. And so, you know, then it doesn't become the mom's fault. It becomes a practitioner's fault for doing it in the first place. We need to create boundaries and we need to basically say, Hey, this is not ethical of me to do this one in front of a room full of people Two, without getting a history and doing a full assessment and intake. And three, you know, this is not a one-on-one session we're having right now. This is a group meeting about something, you know, related to might be what's going on with your child, but not an assessment of your child. So, yeah. you know, let's do this at the right time in the right place and talk later. That's how we should handle these things. Like, Hey, here's my information. Give me a call tomorrow and let's take it from there. Not let's, that is a perfect way. Yeah, uh-huh. and now let's look under the tongue right now just see if we think that there's a restricted tie under there. No, don't do it. It's not even clean to do that. Stop. Get your hands out of that baby's mouth when you're sitting in an open room with 45 other people, please. <laughs> right, right. And, and, you know, and to be honest with you, many years ago, it's like when, when, it, would ha- when it would happen, they're like, you know, they, they, would, they would ask me, please, 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 can you just, and I'm like, you're putting me in a very awkward position. And then it was a very, you know, and I think, and so now I'm very firm about, about not looking inside of a mom's mouth. If I'm at, you know, at a support group, because a support group is for how to mother through breastfeeding. Okay. That's what Lilletta League is, is mothering through breastfeeding. Um, you know, they are not meant to be your lactation consultants. Leaders are not meant to be feeding therapy. No, mother dyad breastfeeding, you know, treatment. It's meant to be a support group in addition to that, if you need that. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the difficulty of the fact that moms don't know who they're getting, you know, they get, they get a referral, you know, from even pediatricians, they, you know, I send my card to the pediatrician's office, but I have not had ever had a pediatrician call me and vet me. Interesting, you know, and that's a very that's a very interesting thing is that not one of all the pediatricians that I have sent my card to has called me and said, "Oh, so where where did you study? How long have you been a lactation consultant?" Mm-hmm. 
you know, well, that's interesting. You say that because as a myofunctional therapist, as a speech pathologist and a calm who's certified in orofacial myology, there are local dentists who refer to us. And I've learned through clients that call me that there is, you know, there is a dentist who, who did vet me and basically brought me into the office and they had me meet them. And I've now been in several dental offices around my area. So this is not pointing to just one in particular, but you know, by creating a list, there's, you know, I know there's, there's people with varying levels of experience on that list. And I think that that's, Look, you don't need to have a calm to be a very experienced, advanced clinician. There are people I know practicing in my area who don't have the calm who are phenomenal and have light years of experience beyond me, and I'm learning a lot from them. And so I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you need to have a calm to be, to be, you know, an, an expert in this space for what I do. But and nobody asks me like, well, how many years have you been doing this? And, you know, they ask me like, well, what populations do you work with? And as soon as they hear me say I do myofunctional therapy and I, I'm trained in diagnosing tongue ties, that's almost like enough for them to be like, okay, we can refer to you. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. It's been great for business. And I've learned a lot through working with a lot of clients. But I'll be the first to tell you that I have only been doing this for like three years in the, you know, I've been a feeding therapist longer than that. So I had that background beforehand. But working with infants and being being in the orofacial myology world, I'm only three years in and people are calling me an expert. They're calling me the tongue-tie lady in this area. And I think that's hilarious because I'm like, I did not give myself any of these titles. I do not consider myself an expert. Am I going to go out there and figure out how to best treat every single case that's brought my way and take as much of a team approach as every client, patient, you know, they'll allow me to by going to these other people I refer them to. 100% because it's my job to get to the root of the problem with you and help you move beyond what's going on so everybody can live happily and be healthy. You know, that's my goal for you, whether you're an infant or an adult or a teen or whatever. But I, you know, I think that people need to ask. Nobody mm -hmm. asks me. No, yeah. very rarely is anybody call and say, hey, how long have you been doing this? Like, why should I come to you versus somebody else? And I've had people come to me and say, well, <laughs> interestingly enough, I had one parent actually say to me, well, why should I, why should we see you versus this person who says that they do this? And I was like, oh, that's news to me. I didn't know that this practice does that. Go back to them and ask because I'm more expensive, right? So they want to know, well, why should we pay yeah. you, you know, $25 more per session? Because that, that adds up to this amount per month and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mm -hmm. I get it. That's yeah. those are good questions to ask. Mm -hmm. I said, go back to the other practice, the practitioner, and say, you know, where were you trained? What was your training in? What is it that you do in therapy to, you know, how are you addressing this differently than a traditional speech pathologist might address a list or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And well, you know, they came back to me and said, great, let's make an appointment for Monday. You know, mm -hmm. it's, you have to know, like, I would not go, I, I've had issues with my knee, with my ankle, with, you know, different things. And when I go to an orthopedic surgeon, I go for the person who specializes in the knee, or I go to the person who specializes in the shoulder, or the person who specializes in the ankle. I don't go back to the same orthopedic surgeon every time I have an issue. I go to the one who specializes in the yes. area that I need help with. That's very different. Than, that's like saying, oh, I can go to any speech pathologist because I have this issue. No, you need to go to the one who specializes in feeding, or you need to go to the one who specializes in fluency, or the one who specializes in tongue tie, or, you know, mm -hmm. there are different people with different specialties, and that's okay, but nobody's training the general public to understand this and to ask these questions. And that's my hope through this is that we'll start to like provide some education and send people where, they, where they're gonna benefit. And, and as far as practitioners go, I think we all need to get off our high horse and admit when we do not specialize in something. Like someone will call me and say, oh, well we have a tongue tie going on, but we also have concerns about like apraxia or 
stuttering. And the first thing I will say is I am not a stuttering expert. I do not treat stuttering. I will, I will fail you if you come to me for stuttering. <laughs> I am happy to do an assessment and look and see if there's a tongue tie and da 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 da. But please, like, do not expect that I'm going to treat stuttering because that is not my wheelhouse. And, you know, I have zero issue telling people what I don't specialize in and when yeah. they need to see somebody else because you might need to see two speech pathologists. It's, it's not a one-stop shop all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that especially in American culture, we want a one-stop shop. Oh, yes. You know, and, and, and so it's interesting because, you know, moms, it, because they don't know, because, you know, we have, um, we have failed to educate, you know, moms, they don't know who to go to. Mm -hmm. They don't realize all the different levels of knowledge base. Yeah. And it is very much like going to an attorney who, you know, specializes in, you know, uh, international law and you're asking them to do elder care. Right, right. You, you don't do that. But but we can't in breastfeeding and because I feel this is a personal statement, I feel that um the majority of healthcare providers do not respect lactation consultants. Hmm. I do not feel respected by the majority of healthcare providers and pediatricians, neonatologists. I do not feel respected by them. I feel that they look down upon something that is so critical, so yes. important to a mom. They devalue the fact that these mothers desperately want to breastfeed. Okay. And they just don't care to them. It's like, well, what's the difference? You know, they can, well, the, the mom can bottle feed and pump. Really, do you know what it takes to be an exclusive pumper? No, you, you don't. You have no clue what it takes to be an exclusive pumper. You have no clue if this mom's going to respond to a pump long term, yeah. let alone respond to a pump today or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about it? No, you don't. You know nothing about it. But yet you come out and you tell they, tell these moms, oh, everything's fine. You can just you can just bottle feed. It's fine. Mm. It's actually not the way an infant was designed to feed. Right. Their oral cavity is yeah. designed to be impacted by a breast. Can we talk about that for a minute and how yes. these, these bottles that are supposed to imitate boobs? Oh my God. I hate those. <laughs> I, I mean, mean it's, they... it's so unethical. Advertising practices are so unethical in the yeah, United States. It's all about sales. It's all about sales. But yeah, so there is these bottles out there that are supposed to look like a breast, that are supposed to imitate a breast. And I mean, I think you and I both know as being someone in the infant feeding space, there is no bottle out there that clearly, truly yeah. replaces the breast. And look, again, I am not shaming a mother who chooses a no, bottle feed. Yep, I am not sure. shaming if you decide that that is the best way to feed your child or that is how you need to feed your child. That is the last thing I want to do. But I want the general information out there that these are all sales tactics. This, there yes. is no research to support that these breasts resemble or that these bottles resemble the shape of the breast, even if they look like it. And, you know, and I know personally, there's certain bottles I usually will recommend families try just based on, you know, symptoms and what I found to be helpful, but yeah. that doesn't always hold true for every family because sometimes they find a bottle that works better for their baby if they are choosing to bottle feed or if that's, you know, right. what they're doing in the interim um, or long term, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, do you have thoughts on that? Like on these? Well, I, and, and, you know, and my thing is, is that I, again, I have to tell these moms because the the tongue function is so restricted that we have minimal milk transfer that they have to bottle feed. 
Yeah. You know, so so there is a step by step approach to, you know, helping a mom with a baby who has feeding difficulties related to a tongue tie. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm definitely never one. I don't like advertising practices. I don't like the way the formula industry advertises. I think it's unethical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, formula is missing over 400 ingredients. And that's just what we know. And just the impact to the body. Moms don't know that. And I yeah. do tell them, you have to feed formula. This baby cannot transfer your milk because the tongue is so restricted. Mm-hmm. And we have so much feeding issues. So it's not that I have a problem with formula, but I have a problem with, again, the lack of knowledge, the lack of the of the mom to have the ability to make the choice. Yeah. And when you're formula. exhausted and emotional and all you want to do is yeah. make sure your baby is growing on the growth charts and you want to... <laughs> You don't want to hear that your baby is failure to thrive anymore. Yes. You're happy to just listen to what that pediatrician tells you because you're like, gosh, it's a, it's basically a sucker, you know, punch to the gut every time. You know, I've been there. I read that on my daughter's electronic file. I was like, wait, oh, what? Failure yeah. to thrive? Nobody yeah. told she's failure to thrive. And she's always been like first percentile for weight. Like even to this day, I can't, she's in 24 month size jean shorts if they fit her they don't always fit her and she'll be four in a month so I mean I have a baby with a tiny waist and she's always been that way even on the sonogram so like it was like she came out with a tiny waist like this was going on in utero but and I'm like I wish I had that problem right I I understand I'm not even five foot I'm 42 years old and you know it's kind of sometimes hard to find clothes but you know that failure to try diagnosis you know was and she was severely tongue-tied but that 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 I'm telling you, it was a major sucker. It was like somebody just took the wind out of me. And I, you know, so I get it. I get what these moms are feeling. And I know all you want to do is have a baby that eats, that yes. can breathe, that can sleep because you're yes. at your wit's end when you're dealing with these issues. Yes. And, and, and the hard part for them is finding a care team and then affording the care team. Yeah. I mean, we, we really do have to, you know, acknowledge, and I, I acknowledge, I don't work with insurance companies. I refuse yeah. to. Yeah. Insurance companies, um, you know, I, I just don't want to go through the rigmarole of trying mm-hmm. to constantly battle with them. Um, you know, we have a broken healthcare system. I'm not yeah. going to go into the politics of it, but, <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. There are some great advanced practice IBCLCs who do work with insurance, and that's wonderful, and they should, and that's great. Um, but we also have to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, when you have restricted tongue function and when you need a phrenotomy and when you need these interventions, it has to be a care team and it has to be the IVCLC, mm-hmm. the phrenotomy provider who can release it appropriately, not one that goes, oh, look, I did a tiny, tiny little nick and now everything's okay. And that baby returns to me, comes to me, I had, I had an ENT release, quote unquote, release, tongue tie baby comes to me practically just skin and bones because the auntie told this mom oh you're fine she finally in like the last 24 hours it's just happened yeah so my wits end because anyways that's a whole other issue (laughs) yeah so that's the problem these these moms don't know they go to an ent they think that they got the tongue tie released well maybe they just got webbing released i mean that's all that happened to this baby this baby had uh, some webbing released in front of the frenum. The frenum was very short, very tight, very, it was adhered to the back of the gum line. And, you know, this baby was moving four MLs 
Mm. in a 30 plus minute session of breastfeeding. This baby was burning more calories than it was getting in 24 hours. You know, it was skin and bones. The mom was beside herself. And I said, mama, right this minute, right this minute, you are going across the street. We are getting formula and we are feeding this baby, Mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the mom said, but, but the, but the EMT said that everything would be okay. Mm. Well, no, no. The ENT didn't say, hey, go back to, go fine. She hadn't even found an LC. She never even had an LC in the beginning, except for a hospital one say, look, this baby can't even lift its tongue. Um, You know, and the hospital LC is not to fault because, you know, they see, you know, moms for like 15 minutes and then they got to move on. They can't follow-up care. We have to have follow-up continuity of care. We don't have continuity of care. I need, I need to see this baby. I need to assess this baby. I need to make a care plan. I need to have body work done for for this baby. I need to have it released. I need to have proper aftercare. I need to refer to you to assess for function and anything else that's going on in the oral cavity. It has to be a team approach. These parents, the mother is exhausted. She's postpartum. She has now shelled out money to deliver the baby. Now she shelled out money for me. She shelled out money for the phrenotomy provider. And now I'm telling her this baby needs body work and to see you or see, you know, an oral facial, you know, therapist to make sure that we're covering all our bases. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. It's the only way that we're getting holistic, whole body care for this Maybe you can skip steps, right? Maybe things will be okay. Or maybe they'll end up with you with feeding issues because they can't swallow Mm -hmm. bolus of food because maybe they didn't follow my aftercare Mm -hmm. as well as I had suggested. And now we have some restriction, but she never came back to me. I can't control whether a mom chooses to come back and follow up with me or at least call me and tell me how things are going. And, and I can do some, you know, some over, you know, over video, but for the most part, I I am an person. Uh, Jennifer Tao yeah. has some great online. Um, we saw that. Yeah. Is that, um, is that the holistic IBCLC? Yeah. Yeah. So I do a lot of referral to her for really complex cases. We'll put that in the show notes. The holistic, so yeah. it's holistic IBCLC.blogspot.com. Sorry. I think, I, I believe so. But she does a lot of nutrition care that is beyond, um, beyond my scope currently mm-hmm. that I, that I don't know. So I refer a lot of complex yeah. cases to her and whether they go or not, you know, is, uh, now, is she local to you? Is she no, 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 no. She's okay. in New York or Massachusetts. Okay. So then are parents doing this virtually as far as, or are they actually going in person to, they are doing it via online. online. She, has, okay. she, she has a HIPAA compliant video virtual. Yeah, I do some of that too. So I'm always curious to know because I would love to refer to her obviously too with some of these parents who could yes. probably use her. And now I want to go dive a little bit deep into her website. Um, now she, you had mentioned the IBCLC masterclass and you have that here 
IBCLC masterclass.com. Is that also her or is that something else? Um, no, that is her. She, okay. she is the one that does it with a couple of different practitioners. It's a two day course and it delves into, you know, assessment, function, aftercare, nutrition, body work. So it's very holistic. It's very, very intense. Mm. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. And then she also has for other lactation consultants who want to become a holistic lactation, a lactation consultant, she has, it's an entire course for like six or six or nine weeks. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, we'll put that in the show notes so people can go check it out if they're interested. You know, we've talked about a lot. Um, and I know, I know your website is helpunurse.com. Is there anything that you want to share with anybody about like your website or what you're doing other than, that, you know, that we haven't covered? You know, I think that the biggest takeaway that I think I want for your practitioners is to vet and talk to every LC. You know, you, anyone can call themselves a lactation consultant. What does that mean? Where are they trained? What, have, what knowledge base do they have? What aftercare do they do? Mm-hmm. Because I don't touch the wound. Neither do I. Ah. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> so it, it's, and, and that's a huge controversy in and of itself. So we can, we could have a whole nother podcast just on aftercare. And talking about aftercare and talking about body work, you know, and this, this was supposed to be focused more on credentialing and knowledge base. Mm -hmm. So I I will stop talking about that, but we'll talk about that another day. Cause I know people are going to be like, wait, where's that information? All right, all right. It's our hate mail. We're going to be like, hold on, where's all the aftercare info? (laughs) All right, so we'll do a whole nother podcast on aftercare. So, you know, credentialing wise, I want parents to know that they have to, they have to ask. Do you know anything about tongue tie? What do you recommend if you see restricted function? You know, and if, a, if an LC says, I know nothing about tongue ties, then you have to say, I'm sorry, I need to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you're having feeding issues, if you have cracked and bleeding, creased nipples, you need an advanced practice lactation consultant that knows about restricted tongue function. You need somebody who can assess, do a suck assessment, look at the tongue, look at the movement, you know, and know that your pediatrician, your midwife, your OB-GYN, your, you know, WIC counselor may not have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because that's not their specialty. It's right, fine. right, right. I know. So for everything that we've said about other practitioners, you know, even with people within our own, you know, practicing groups, this is not hate towards other people. This is just knowledge that we all have our own specialties. And I think that we all need to step up to the plate and understand that we need to make sure the public knows what we specialize in and what we don't specialize in. And we also need to be confident enough in ourselves to refer out when yes. that, when we get to a point where we go, you know what, I, I've hit my, my upper limit here. This is as far as I can go as to what, as far as what I know. And I want you to go see this person or this person because they specialize in, you know, what is now beyond my level of knowledge. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think people are so afraid of saying they don't know something and which is crazy for me. Like, yeah. And like, yeah. meanwhile, you're, you're not fussing up to not knowing this information and you're actually putting this family, its child in a very dangerous place health wise. So, you know, it's more on you to pretend like, you know what you're doing (laughs) when you don't know what you're doing than it is to say, Hey, I don't know. Please go talk to this person. Like pass the, pass the wand, please. Like that's what, that's all we're saying. And I'm not asking for people to send me more business by saying this, please don't get that wrong. I am so (laughs) 
over, I am like, I haven't slept in three days because I'm Girl, so Girl, you're so busy. No. <laughs> That's not the, the purpose of this. I'm really, truly just looking out for the patient's best interest. And when it comes to feeding, there are two things. We, I always say there's two things we need to live. You need to breathe and you need to eat. And if you can't do one of those, you're going to have some serious medical problems going on. So yeah. feeding, you know, feeding is not something that we should be messing around with. It's something that if you don't know what you're doing, please pass on that wand, mm -hmm. you know, to the next person who does know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, you know, and I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not saying that people need to just come to me, please. <laughs> please, <laughs> I know. please, please don't. It's okay. I, there, I am not the be all in the end. And I always tell my patients, I don't know something I will refer you out. And I oh, typically, yeah. I will say, if I don't know it, I have thankfully beautiful, wonderful other pro uh, professionals that I can refer to. And, you know, we have our own little Facebook page, you know, advanced practice lactation the master IBCLC class we have our own little Facebook page so we can we can ask questions to other professionals hear what they've seen they have a baby with a with a genetic disorder I you know if it's a genetic disorder I haven't encountered I will refer out yeah. um, you know so so there are things that I you know I definitely feel like I want more LCs. Hey, yes. if there, if you are an LC and you are listening right now and you don't know anything about tongue tie, call me. Right. Well, that's why, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know it. You. Sometimes it can be very expensive and time consuming and people, that's usually what will stop a professional immediately from pursuing something they want to pursue is the time commitment, the financial commitment, yeah. the inability to get to a local course and the need to travel sometimes for these courses. And I get it. It's like, I've got mm -hmm. two young kids and people are like, how did you do the certification when you were like pregnant and literally you finished it like three weeks before you popped out that second child. And I'm like, well, I wasn't pregnant when I signed up. That's how I did that. So <laughs> let's start there. But really, you know, and I've done 144 hours of continuing it in the past two years, yeah. not because I needed those hours. I only needed 30 because I did it because I wanted to advance my knowledge base. So my job now, I feel it, I feel called to train others and yeah. not on a, I'm not on a level where I'm traveling all over the country and training because I want to be with my babies. I want to be here. I don't want to be traveling all over right now. I'm training my local team because mm -hmm. I want, you know, I want them to start to see things. Like we always say, put your myo eyes on, put your tongue tie eyes on, like mm -hmm. start looking to be able to rule out or to know when to refer. Because even within my own team, people are not trained in it, but they need to know when they say, need to say, hey, Hallie, or hey, Jen, or hey, you know, whoever, can you take a look at this kid for me that we're cur that's currently a client of ours and let us know if we have other concerns that we need to talk to the family about. So, you know, I feel like it's our job as practitioners who do have this information to share the wealth of knowledge with Absolutely. others and to create more people. And I get so excited when I hear that there's a new person in my area practicing in myofunctional therapy. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Somebody else is doing this. Now I hope they're, you know, I hope they're continuing their education and that they're able to. Yep, they're good. <laughs> I need to sleep, guys. I really need to sleep. So please, <laughs> the more myofunctional therapists we can create and the more feeding therapists we can create and the more infant specialists we can create, the better. Like yes. the abundance. I am all about abundance. There are so many clients that need us. And I just, you know, I want to create that. So yeah. I hope that the message here kind of comes full circle in that. Like, please know when to refer out, but please also, if you're interested, get trained. Yes, please <laughs> call me. I will help you find training. Yes. I you, reach out to those of us. We want to help local, you. I'll let you even shadow me. I will show you how to assess for restricted tongue function because to me, I feel like the more lactation consultants that are properly trained, yes. uh, you know, more IBCLCs that are properly trained, 
then the more moms who are going to be happy, the yes. more, the, the earlier more, we can catch what's going on, yes. the, the more other issues we can, you can prevent down the road. Look guys, if you can, if you can put me out of business because you don't need me anymore, that would oh, be yeah. the happiest person in the world. There are other businesses I can do really. I'll be okay. But like, you know, my goal is healthy babies, healthy, you know, healthy moms, yeah. healthy in general across the lifespan because it all starts in infancy. So it starts yeah. utero, really. So you know, yeah, and unfortunately, we have to be honest. You know, the the tongue tie and you know midline defects is an epigenetic thing, and we are tox we are toxifying our environment. So we are getting more, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Now you know, and so I I know that this is not going to disappear. You know, I've had pediatricians say this is all fad. I'm like, honey. It's not the ad. It's 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 not going away. Moms are moms are fed up with not having the breastfeeding relationship that they need, want, and deserve. And, and that we, happens all over the rest of the world. And you know, in the U.S., we've got everything backwards. So this is you know, there are other countries and cultures where they breastfeed till four, and that's the norm. And over here, you know, people hear that someone's breastfeeding their child before and their eyes bulge out of their head. That's <laughs> not the norm here, you know, and, but you know, that's, so we definitely have things backwards. And I think that we also live in a place that, like you said, the epigenetic component is so key. And that's again, a whole nother discussion. For, I know. For right? now, but, that's for you and Jennifer Tao to talk okay. about. I will reach out to her. <laughs> she, she, she has a, a wealth of knowledge about that. And that's where I got that knowledge from just so you know, is, uh, I got it from her, but you know, and that's just the, the thing. I just want more and more moms, practitioners to know, to train themselves well, to continue to, you know, learn and collaborate. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know that I, I am very passionate about this. I know that it comes I, through. it comes through. You uh, <laughs> I know. And, you know, and I'm here. It makes you a great provider. And that's why these moms are so lucky to have you. Oh, thanks. I just feel like, you know, if I can help, you know, help open up minds to start saying, okay, fine, Leah, you're not a pariah. And, <laughs> you know, and, and this tongue tie thing is, is a thing. Fine. Right. Tell, tell me what I need to know. Uh -huh. You know, that to me, I'll take it. Please, yeah. please train yourself. I mean, I, I had a pediatrician say, what do you mean the tongue impacts airway? And I said, oh, you don't, okay, all right. You're like, hold on, this is, a, I can't answer this in two minutes. <laughs> You're like, you need an entire like four day course on this topic. Yeah, and I said, well, I really appreciate, cause she was like, well, I didn't want to clip that because you know, what's the problem? And I said, but that forms the airway, the restricted tongue forms the airway and that kid's going to, that impacts so many other things. And she said, it does what airway issues. And I was like, you need to, you need to know this. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to know this, then I like you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're and willing we work together, yeah. yeah, like I will point you to all the things, you know, the palate is formed by the tongue. The mm -hmm. airway is right above that. And you know, I have a very high palate, so I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult expansion. We can talk about this all day long. Oh yeah. Oh, I know, I know. So anyway, yeah, the takeaway is you have to know what the provider knows. You've got to vet, you've got to work as a team. 
you've got to um, have a team mindset. You have to take, I know we're all so very busy. Our caseloads are huge. Um, You know, we have minimal time with our families, but you've got to take a 20 minute phone call to talk to the local lactation consultants and find out what they know and whether or not you can refer to them, you know, and, and, and the mom's got it. I know you're exhausted. I know you just want to find an Elsie to just fix it. That was my mindset. Please just fix it. Please Mm -hmm. just make it so that I can breastfeed, but you've got to find a practitioner that can with compassion, uh, sit down and take the time with Well, thank you so much. This has been super informative for me. um, And I know it'll be informative for others. So I appreciate you taking the time to educate us a bit more on, you know, not just how you got into all of this, but also some of the different credentials and what it means or doesn't mean and, um, you know, what is needed, you know, for advanced training. So thank you again. It was a joy having you on the podcast. I loved it. And we'll do it again. Yes, we will. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want to hear more of these Mayo Tots airway and feeding related episodes, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com forward slash the untethered podcast. If you found value, others you know in this space will too. So be sure to share this episode on your social media platforms and join us over on Facebook, on my Facebook page at Hallie Balkan Biz, on Instagram at, at Hallie Balkan. And you can head over to untetheredpodcast.com to grab a copy of the show notes where you can also also subscribe to be kept up to date on the latest podcast episodes. Big shout out to Dana McKay, podcaster extraordinaire for editing and helping me keep this podcast alive.